Hey guys, welcome to Thinking and Drinking. I'm your host, Elijah. Tag along with me as we bring in some crazy characters to talk about some even crazier stories and have even crazier fun. It's going to be a blast, so crack open a cold one, pour you a glass, and let's dive right in. Alright, thanks for joining me everybody, and today I've got a very special guest, one of my very good friends, Luis. How are you doing, Luis? I am doing well. Okay, well I'm glad you're technically, I don't know when I'll actually put this out, but you will officially be the first guest, um, first one I asked to come on the show, so I'm glad you glad you decided to stop by, and um, so one thing I know I want to do for the show is, um, obviously as you know, make um, make a drink. For whoever comes on the show. So today we have the Smorlata, which is obviously not too complex to figure out what it is. But um, we've got the uh, basic pina colada. We've got some chocolate syrup in there, some graham crackers, a uh, little bit of marshmallow mixed in with it. And then, uh, of course, for the garnish, we have marshmallows on top as well as the graham cracker on top. So how what do you think about it? How is it? Um, it's pretty good. Um, it definitely meshes pretty well. I didn't expect it to um, be this good. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, I I didn't either. To be honest with you, um, I got about halfway through, uh, mixed everything up. I think it was when I put the marshmallows in there because I actually put the marshmallows in the rum first, and um, when I mixed them up, it just it did not look good. It, it looked kind of chunky. I was like, man, I was like, I'm gonna have to start over, pour this down the drain, figure something else out. But uh, I actually tried it before you got over here to make sure I wasn't, you know, feeding you pig slop. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised, so um, something I've wanted to try out. But anywho, um, getting past the, the drinking part and getting to the thinking part, um, Luis, you and I have been friends for two two years now? Yeah, yeah. I'd say so, yeah. So um, actually, you were one of the first people that I really got, you know, got to meet, Um with the original uh, mezzanine group, yeah, um, and of course we kind of stuck through that one and formed our own little group afterwards. <laughs> but um, but you're what year are you now? You're a senior, aren't you? Yeah, I'm a senior. It's kind of crazy to believe, but I'm here. Right. So, um, you and I have had the conversation before, obviously. But um, if you wouldn't care, tell everybody listening, you know, kind of what you're what you're going for, uh, what you want to do. Well, um, ever since I was little, you know. Feel. Um, I just really liked Animal Planet, and ever since I told myself, oh hey, I want to be a veterinarian. So, it's a long process, definitely, but I'm currently majoring in professional biology. No easy task. I am currently taking four science classes right now, which three of them have labs, and they are absolutely (laughs) too much but yeah um as soon as i graduate i'm hoping to take a gap year work as a vet tech which is basically a nurse for veterinarians and hopefully apply to some vet schools nice so the four the four classes uh with three labs i mean that's seven classes right there all together Mm -hmm. so i mean i imagine you're you're pretty packed out this semester aren't you Mm mm-hmm and the funny thing is, um, in the in the schedule, it only appears as like fifteen credit hours, but they don't take into account how many hours the the lab takes up. 
Mm-hmm. So if you take the if you account that for the labs, you're you're looking at probably eighteen, twenty, twenty three. Good hours. lord, man, couldn't be me. Couldn't be me. I don't know if I've. I mean, I'll probably get there one day. You know where I'm uh, too invested in it to back out now. But as of now, I mean, I think I just throw the towel in. I don't know if I've got that kind of commitment in me. Um, <clears throat> so so far um, throughout your college experience. Um, and I know, you know, uh, we will touch on this a little bit later, but, um, so you are from Venezuela, correct? Yes. Okay. So, which, when did you, um, when did you actually, because you originally lived in Venezuela, yeah. right? When did you leave? <clears throat> um, I lived there for about 13 years. I came here at around 2014-ish, I think. Okay. So you kind of got like, uh, you got the elementary part of the schooling over there, right? So how yes. different is that than compared to over here? Um, it's pretty different. Um, we can start with the grading scale. Over here, you have out of 100, pretty mm-hmm. much. So over there, we have it out of 20. Might be similar to other regions, I'm not sure. Um, I have. I don't have no idea how it, it is in neighboring countries, but mine's just out of twenty. So, if I remember correctly, a nineteen or a twenty is an A. Then a B would be like an eighteen or seventeen, and a C would be like fifteen, fourteen, or thirteen. Then a D would be twelve, eleven, or ten, and below ten will be F. Hmm. That's definitely. I'm trying to trying to do the math in my head, figure out how it equates all over. Because I mean, it's it definitely seems more intimidating to me to think about it out of twenty. Um, <laughs> it seems like a lot more of an opportunity to fail because <laughs> you don't have as many points. But also, I, I, I would I would guess that it kind of equals out to be similar. I mean, y'all's the workload. I mean, well, I mean, obviously you were uh, in elementary school, but um, from what you know of like so do y'all do like do they have elementary school middle school high school how does that work um well um at least for me i went to a private school so their um structure was a little bit different i don't know what the actual structure is in public schools but as for my school um we had like the kinder which was like a few years there. Then you had first grade through third through fifth grade actually. And that was its own building with its own principal and with its teachers and all that stuff. Across the road, funny enough, uh, it's the other school, which it's sixth grade through 11th grade. We don't have a 12th grade back home. Hmm. So kind of interesting. Yeah, um, <clears throat> I think one thing, too, that kind of gets me is, because you see these uh, these videos on TikTok and YouTube Shorts and everything like that, where someone will talk to a person who was born and raised in the United States about the way that something is in a different country or a different nation, and it's, they seem very shocked. I mean, I, I'm no different. There's been several things, like, um, that you and I have talked about, that I've talked with, but other people that kind of shocked me. I'm like, you know, because I feel like we live in our own little bubble. 
um, <laughs> which is kind of sad, you know. Um, but it, I don't know. It's it's weird, but it's like it's almost like we're we're shocked when everyone doesn't do the same things we do, when everyone doesn't think the same things we think, <laughs> um, which is kind of crazy in and of itself to expect that from people. But um, that being said, um, one thing that you and I actually talked about uh, before that kind of kind of got to me, um, I am a fan of Dragon Ball. Yeah. And you are a fan of Dragon Ball. We've, uh, we've you know, watched the show together a few times, uh, went to see the superhero movie. Uh, that was really great, um, especially for me as a big Gohan fan. <laughs> um but I remember you sent me, I believe it was a, a picture on Instagram. You did me a, a picture on Instagram. It was a meme. Yeah, and the meme. And it was, uh, it was, where, what was it? It was a restaurant? Yes. Okay. And it was all like Dragon Ball themed. Yeah. Which in and of itself was just like a shock to me because I don't know. I guess we're, as humans, sometimes we can be kind of selfish. We don't think about other people the way other people do things. I didn't know until you informed me that Dragon Ball apparently has a really big, uh, like, presence among the Spanish community, and that honestly was a shock to me. So I mean, like, what, what I, I mean, I, do you think it? Do you think you see more people in the Spanish community that are into Dragon Ball, or like over here, like in the United States, like just average people, like I guess white people? I don't know. What do you think? Like the difference is because. I'll be honest. Like when I started looking stuff up about it, I was I was kind of shocked. I was like, "Man, I didn't know I had that big of a of a presence." So what are you, What are your thoughts? Um, I definitely um, I looked into it. I, I did some research, but I can also speak from experience. So um, the research I've done um, basically pointed me that Mexico during like. 1980s, 1990s, somewhere around that time, I don't remember well. Um, they were wanting to, you know, buy cartoons to, to show on, the, on their televisions. However, um, they found a really good deal with Japanese cartoons or anime, and all they had to do was um, dub them and. Um, it, it definitely was very successful in Mexico, and those dubbings were published or like shown all throughout South America. Um, as for me, I remember every time um, Cartoon Network started showing Dragon Ball Z, I, I was glued to the TV. My friends would talk about it. I had a couple of friends that tried to go Super Saiyan in the first grade. <laughs> yep. I had a few Dragon Ball games and I kept playing like crazy. And I believe that it's so huge there because of the values that it holds. Like, it's impressive that Japan and Mexico or Latin Americans overall have similar values when it comes to family and things like that. So it was that's one of the reasons why I think it was huge in Latin America because of that similar view on values. Heard. I mean, <clears throat> honestly it makes sense. I think um you know, thinking about it, um uh, cuz even the tattoo I've got on my arm, it's um Gohan. 
uh, going Super Saiyan 2 during the Cell fight when he's got his broke arm. He's walking towards Cell with Kamehameha. And I thought about it a little bit too about why Gohan is my favorite character, why that that arc is my favorite and everything. And I think it's just about like, it goes back to kind of how impressionable we are at a young age. Yeah. Um, and during that arc, you know, spoiler warning for someone who hasn't somehow seen Dragon Ball Z who wants to see it, you know, and that show is quite old now. <laughs> um, but the spoiler alert is there. Uh, whenever um, Gohan is, is dealing with the fact that Goku is dead, and, you know, at that point, it's not really thought of that Goku's going to come back, and it's just, it seems like he's dead dead, you know what I mean? Um, and so, I grew up without my dad, and I feel like, in some case or form, I kind of latched onto that, and, like, saw what he was going through, in which case, it just made Gohan my favorite character, and Gohan has stayed my favorite character. So, I can definitely see, like, especially, you talk about the values and stuff, um, especially how it relates to kids, you know, the kind of stuff that we latch onto. Um, so I feel like if uh, in Mexico the values are kind of similar um, to what they're showing on the TV and the kids are consistently around that, it definitely makes sense as to why it has such a prominent presence. Um, the thing that gets me, though, is like, I guess I guess one of the reasons why it was such a shock to me is because me growing up, right, I watched it, and I mean, I've watched it, you know, as a kid, as a teen, as an adult. I still watch it, obviously. Um and there wasn't really that, you know, common connection between people my age. And I would be like, oh, man, you watch Dragon Ball? You know, they're like, what? <laughs> um, and then you either, you either you, it either goes one of two ways. Um, it's either they don't watch it and they don't watch cartoons and they dog you for watching cartoons. Or they're super heavy in anime and they dog you for watching Dragon Ball because it's a basic anime <laughs> Um, so that's the two that I've experienced. So then, like, to see, like, whenever you talked about how prominent it was, I was like, man, I'm not going to lie. I kind of felt like I was missing out, man. I was like, <laughs> um, I may have been one of the ones in first grade, you know, trying to go Super Saiyan. Not going to lie. I did have a, an app on my phone, though. Uh, I remember this very vividly. Thought it was cool, as I'll get out. Um, posed in front of the mirror for it several times just to try it. It was, it was a scouter. Mm. on your phone i got it on my little ipod i had at the time ipod touch um and it would uh you would just take a picture and then it would just randomly generate your power level and so i remember like flexing in front of the mirror trying to like <laughs> raise my number it was obviously just random i think i took a picture of my like elbow one time and got like a power level of, like thirty thousand. so i mean like it was obviously random yeah but i was trying man i was trying to raise that thing <laughs> um so to bounce off the topic of uh of uh, Dragon Ball and you know to go back to how easily we can be influenced as kids um, I know another thing that you and I have in common we're both pretty big Pokemon fans now that being said um, we'll get into just the whole basis of Pokemon in a second but I did just think about something I'm kind of curious so uh, with your career and what you're going for you know yeah. um, and your love of, of you know wildlife and stuff like that and the whole kind of basis of Pokemon and being these little, you know, pocket monster animals. Um, do you feel like that kind of has, you know, growing up with Pokemon and kind of finding a love in it, has any, has influenced your career choice? Any? I actually just realized this a few years ago. Because, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know, one day I just started looking back and 
I was just thinking, hmm, I wonder if Pokemon has had any impact on my career choice. And I was thinking, well, I love the evolution class, even though you don't evolve a, an animal with a stone. Yeah. Um, would be I, cool, though. It would be cool. Yeah. <laughs> it would be cool. Um, another class that I really enjoyed is ecology, which um, has to do a lot with the environment and how certain animals um, deal with the environment or how they survive. And I don't know. I just started thinking, maybe it did have quite an impact on what I like. Because, um, I don't know, the variety of both animals and Pokemon are impressive. And, of course, uh, Pokemon are based on animals. So, that's kind of obvious. But, yes, I, I would agree that, to an extent, it has had an impact on my career. Awesome. Well, you're definitely right about the variety. I mean, um, especially, like you said, comparing animals and Pokemon. I mean, um, you had an assignment that you were telling me about, about uh, taking pictures <clears throat> of different, you know, animals and birds and stuff like that. And you sent a picture in the group chat of a bird. It was, what was it? It was a northern mockingbird is what it ended up being, I believe. Yes. Because um, I remember I was like, oh, yeah, I'll try to help him out. You know, I did a little bit of Googling trying to figure it out. There are so many different birds. <laughs> and just in North Alabama, I mean, it's just, there's yeah. a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, think about that, you know, the variety in 50 different states and then the variety in different countries and, you know, continents. I mean, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I think that's one thing we don't think about, especially as we move towards a more uh, digital age. Everybody's staying inside. You don't have to go outside as much. Um you know, if you want to call somebody, you can just pull out your phone from your pocket. When used to, you know, I mean, it was before both of our times, I believe, but used to, you'd have to like go and and you know find them and in, in order to talk to them. There wasn't there wasn't an email, there wasn't a text, there wasn't a call. Um, but now we're kind of moving towards this this digital uh, age and everything. I mean, we work from home. You can call whoever. Uh, you can get food delivered to you. You don't even have to leave to eat now. Um, and I think as we move towards this digital age, it definitely has its, its pros and cons because, you know, it helps out a lot um, for efficiency. But at the same time, I feel like we're losing our connection with nature. Um, so we don't really think about, you know, how, how beautiful all the animals are, how beautiful nature is, um, and how, you know, how much of variety, this vast variety that we have literally outside is. Because, um, I mean, we have... Uh, that park uh, Wildwood right down you know it was right down from where I was living before I moved over here and um, you go out there you know you saw all kind of stuff we went kayaking one day we saw all kind of stuff yeah um, but I definitely I definitely do wish that <clears throat> there was there would be some kind of just I don't know uh, just a, a second great awakening but just for nature <laughs> um, you know everybody go outside I feel like we would be a lot we would be more connected um, if we would just dip out and go outside but um that's me just rambling because you know um i mean i'm also right there with you on the on the uh liking the liking animals and nature and stuff um so i'm majoring in uh sports and rec management with an emphasis in outdoor recreation so i figure probably my main thing is i'm i'm kind of in love with the wildlife too that's my main thing um i feel like i probably 
am gonna lean towards maybe a game warden route, maybe a park ranger. I would definitely like something where I could just manage the land and get to work around and near the animals and stuff mm-hmm. and just nature itself. But um, that's me rambling on. But <laughs> um, back to the Pokemon thing, you know, if I don't ask, everyone's gonna ask me why I didn't ask, and everyone's gonna want to know. I'm gonna allow top three. Okay, they don't have to be in a particular order. They can. I'm going to get mine as well. But top three favorite Pokemon out of the whole shebang. And there's a lot. But the whole shebang, who are you putting up there? Yes, there is a thousand Pokemon. But there's a lot to consider. Well, um, I'm going to definitely put one out that it's very meaningful to me. Well, um, it's literally my... It's part of my email. It's Flygon. Um, my first game was Pokemon Emerald. Um, I didn't play much through it, at least when I was a kid. But I did really like Flygon. I, I, I mean, I just like the concept. I just think thought that it was a cool Pokemon. And yeah, uh, I'm sad that it didn't get a Mega Evolution. <laughs> But what can I say? Um, as for the other two, it's a it's a really hard question. Um, you could probably start thinking of Pokemon while I try to think of my last two. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll give you because on the we can just we can go back and forth if you want to do it that way yeah, too. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I feel like we definitely have some similarities in <clears throat> the the kind of like. Our top, which this one is the top for me. Um, you know, yours doesn't have to come in a particular order, but mine is because it was very like sentimental growing up. Um, and it's funny looking back because a lot of people was like, "Why? Why is that your favorite?" Um, but man, I remember, I remember him from uh, the movies, watching the movies, uh, watching the. Uh, oh gosh, I don't remember what it was called. It was where uh, Pikachu and the other Pokemon would just like go around and do the thing. They had, they had a. Uh, short where they played hide and seek with Togepi yeah um like that I remember watching him and he was always my favorite character number one without a shadow of a doubt gotta be Totodile I love Totodile um my Pokemon Go name is actually a combo of two of my favorite Pokemon um the last part it's the Dial part of Totodile um which I'll go into the second one uh I can go ahead and say it or if you want me to wait it's or two you can do the second one so the second one um <clears throat> is a hundred percent Mimikyu. Love Mimikyu. So my, that's you know leading to the name. The Pokemon Go name is actually Mimikdial, Um because I love Mimikyu. I love Totodile. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like I'm so I'm so sad when I think about you know especially if you read the Pokédex for Mimikyu. Some of these Pokédex, by the way, they're tragic. And nobody ever looks deeper than just like, oh yeah, it's this cute little game, or it's this cute little TV show. Some of these are tragic, man. From like, Cubone wearing the skull of its dead mother, to like, Mimikyu just wanting love but not ever be looked at. Like, it's sad, man. <clears throat> but, um, I feel like if Pokemon were real, I would 100% fall victim to Mimikyu. Because like, I would I would be the kind, so if you if you're listening and you don't know, um, Mimikyu's whole thing is uh, it is a an unknown Pokemon 
that is dressed up like a Pikachu because Pikachu is loved by everyone and it wants to be loved. However, its true form is apparently so just like hideous, unbearable, you know, not sure exactly what the word they use, um, but it's just so out there that if you see it, you die, <laughs> um, which is crazy. But literally, it just wants to be loved. So I feel like I would definitely fall victim. I would be the kind I'd like lift up the little, the Pikachu disguise and look at. It. I'd just be like, I still love you as I pass away and just fade into non-existence. Um, that would definitely be my headstone right there on the grave. Died because he loved Mimikyu too much. <laughs> but um, I'll pass it back to you, sir. You got your second ready? Yes. Um, it, it took me a while to remember, but I finally did. So <clears throat> one of my well, the second game that I grew up with was uh, Pokemon Diamond, and that it, it it has certainly affected like my favorites when it comes to like um, Pokemon as well as my favorite generation. By the way, I loved Pokemon Arceus. It was a killer game. Soundtrack's amazing. The story was even better. They they just kill it. <laughs> but back on topic um, there's this movie I really love it's called um, Rise of Dark Cry which I already gives up the, the name of my favorite Pokemon <laughs> so Dark Cry um, I remember back in the day there was supposed to be an event to you know catch Dark, catch Dark Cry but I don't think they were able to do the event or maybe I didn't have the Wi-Fi, the exact Wi-Fi to do the event. But I knew about it. And I watched the movie, and I fell in love with Darkrai. Um, the movie's pretty... Um, it's really good. I really liked it. I mean, it's your generic Pokemon movie. Like, there's a conflict. You sing a song. Everything. <laughs> Gotta have the song in there. <laughs> so... <clears throat> To some, it might seem like Pokemon 2000 rehashed. Okay. But I still think it's a pretty cool movie because you have this Pokemon, a uh, little bringer of bad dreams, saving the day from two angry gods. And he was misunderstood in the movie. They thought that, you know, he was the, the big bad. He was causing everything to go in disarray, but he was just trying his best to defend against the real threat. And ever since, I just really liked his design. I, I love his design. It's like, it's menacing, yet cool. <laughs> and you wouldn't expect a creature like that to be compassionate, especially with its ability. It literally gives people bad dreams. So, that is why my second favorite Pokemon is Darkrai. Heard, because um, <clears throat> I know I know you've uh, we've talked about the movie before. You we we still have to watch it. Um, I know we've talked about we were gonna watch it. And haven't got around to it yet. We're definitely gonna make plans. Uh, maybe after this, never know. Um, <laughs> but uh, you mentioned so two things I do want to touch on. Um, for one, you're right. Uh, third thing but for one you're right uh, Darkrai does have a really cool design he's he's pretty cool um, but the two things for one uh, the movie um, 
talking about Pokemon movies in general. There was, is it just, I think it's just Pokemon the movie. Uh, which one's the one where uh, Mewtwo takes over all the all the Pokemon, makes the clones? I believe it's called Mewtwo Strikes Back. Okay. So there's the new f- movie of that. Have you seen that? Like the, the, the updated sort of one. CGI one? Yes. Um, I don't know if this is a Mandela effect or what it is, but like I remember watching this movie growing up, and it was like a normal animated movie. No CGI. It was the same movie, same plot, same thing, same scenes, but it was different animation. And I honestly preferred the original one for one because nostalgia, and for two, I thought it honestly looked better. I can't find it anywhere. Like I've looked and like googling and everything. I can't. I think we've talked about this before, but I cannot find that movie. Hmm. It's crazy. Um, I don't know if they just tried to bury it and replace it with this one or how that worked. Um, but. That made me think about that. Because uh, have you? Did you watch the original one of that? Yeah, I have. yeah. Yeah. So I mean, I know, like, I knew I wasn't crazy. Like, I knew it's out there, <laughs> but I can't find it anywhere. I think it's crazy. I might have to just go hunt down a VHS or something. Um, Maybe. <laughs> but and the second thing uh, you mentioned uh, playing uh, Arceus. Yes. Um, have you played the new one? The which? What is it coming up? Pokemon Violet and Scarlet. That's the one. Have you played it yet? Yes, I have literally finished it. Really? Already. <laughs> Man, I'm going to have to borrow it from you then. <laughs> um, uh, so what are your thoughts on it? Because I know it's supposed to have like a kind of new... Because they went into the open world kind of dynamic too, right? Yes. Because I know Arceus kind of brought in the whole open world thing to Pokemon. Yes. Um, which I thought was really cool, you know, how they brought that in. You see the Pokemon pop up. Um but it wasn't, I mean, it's a Pokemon game, but it wasn't a Pokemon game. You know what I mean? It wasn't one of the traditional kind of Pokemon games. Um, so whenever they talked about the new ones coming out, and they were still the open world, but they're more along the lines of a traditional Pokemon game, I've been really excited to check one of those out. So as someone who has obviously dominated the game already, <laughs> what are your thoughts on it, man? I mean, what, what are your thoughts compared to the other games and uh, just overall? Um, it's definitely a step up from uh, Sword and Shield. I'll say that much. <laughs> It's, it's a step in the red direction. Um, the graphics and all the bugs that came with launch definitely leave a lot to be desired. As so probably do most of the latest games. But it's probably something um, the fans will struggle for the at least a couple more years. But we shall see. But um, taking putting that out, out of the way, I believe the story was really good they did it in three parts so there was the gym challenge the this event this challenge of beating all the evil teams bases and there was also the I believe it was the legend quest and long story short you basically defeat these gargantuan Pokemon that apparently ate a Herba Mystica which is like a cut type of plant that has like very strange properties. Hmm. So, um, that's basically the story. Um, progression, uh, the progression in, this, in, the, in the game was kind of interesting because you could technically go anywhere you wanted. You could try to attempt the last gym or like the furthest, <laughs> the, the gym furthest from uh, your hometown. Probably wouldn't go well, yeah. but you could do that. 
I imagine that changes the game up too a lot for speedrunners, having that much freedom. Like, I know there's got to be tons of strats out there for like, oh, you got to go here and get this Pokemon. Because I, I haven't played an actual Pokemon game forever, but I've watched a lot of them on YouTube, especially like the Nuzlocke videos. Yeah. Um, I, you you got to think with having that much freedom, you got to think they're like, all right, you got to go over here, do this move, pick up this Pokemon, and then run through these and like beat the game and like. Two battles. <laughs> I mean, it's probably <laughs> probably obviously a little bit more than that. But I mean, you got to think that that takes down the game time, like to beat the game a lot, having mm-hmm. that much freedom. Yeah. Um. Anyways, I didn't mean to cut you off. By the way, I, I just, no, I just thought about that. Was... You're, you're good. You're good. <clears throat> um. Um. I could definitely see that, but I do think that a lot of the events are like streamlined. So at the very end, you're supposed to have completed all three paths. So the Legends path, the Champion path, and the Operation Starfall path, I guess. Um, I will say that when you go beat these um, team bases, um, they're uh, they're they're not hard per se. They're they have different levels. There's apparently a correct way to beat them in order if you want to you know start with the dark type one it's probably the best one to start with because then the fire one is pretty close it's awfully close it's like you go from the main city to the right side of the map and there it is but it's one of the harder ones I will say um it didn't help that I had um, the fire starter to fight a fire type uh, star, uh, team star base. But I, I remember I had a Cloud Sire. Um, did I have anything else? The Cloud Sire de- definitely came in handy. That's uh, Fue Coco, right? That's the name of it? Yeah, Fue yeah. Coco. That took out my next question. I actually pulled him up. I was going to ask. <laughs> had to make sure, figure out which, which starter you went with. Which honestly, that was the one I was going to go with too. Maybe yeah. maybe it's the the <clears throat> Totodile esque little crocodile guy, who just spoke to my heart. Yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I definitely find the, the the sign of it very cool, especially oh yeah. the the final evolution. It's it's really really interesting the way they went for this approach, because the 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 topping of the last evolution is Fire Ghost, and you would think, hmm, why Ghost? Mm-hmm. So. As you mentioned, the whole Pokedex thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the Pokedex actually says that it adopted a soul of a bird. So that's why its second evolution, it, it looks like he's wearing like a nest on his head with like a bulb, which I guess is like the egg of the soul, mm-hmm. which when it evolves, it turns into this bird. And it is a really interesting evolution because it showcases the symbiotic relationship between birds and crocodiles. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that's because I remember, I remember learning that in, uh, in like elementary school and seeing where they, you know, go and pick the stuff off their teeth. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Awesome. That's that's actually pretty cool. Um, <laughs> see, that's that's just one of the things, man. Where it's like these things that we're we're interested in, you know, like Dragon Ball with the values, and then, you know, uh, the variety of. Pokemon and then the real world and animals, man, they wrap into the real world a lot more than some people think they would, especially people who are unfamiliar with them. Um, 
I'm not gonna act like I was gonna pick Foy Coco because of you know some elaborate reason. It was halfway that he looked uh, that it reminded me of Totodile, and halfway because I liked the. I think I have a knack for like the little cutesy. I mean, from Totodile, Mimikyu, also the third one. Uh, by the way, Sandshrew. Um, love Sandshrew. Don't know why. I've always loved Sandshrew. Um, a lot of mine are like. A lot of the Pokemon I like too are like the older generation. Maybe it's just because I'm an old old fart. Yeah, but <laughs> you don't have to agree with that. But, uh, <laughs> um, hey, it's okay. I'm old too. <laughs> but um, back to back to your third though. Have you? Oh, I actually have had thought about the third one. Okay. And it is the CGI. Okay. Oh, are you familiar with the CGI? I'm not actually. So the CGI is the grass starter for Pokemon Sun and Moon. It's an owl. Okay. And its final evolution, it's ghost and grass. So there seems to be a theme between your starter choices. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just looked it up. I'm not, I've seen this one before. He's a. Uh, uh, wait, I don't think that I'm. Oh wait, oh wait, it's the. Is it the final evolution that you're talking about, Decidueye? Yeah. Okay, so Rowlet is the starter. Yes. Awesome. Yeah, so I remember him from, like, the anime. Mm-hmm. So, okay, yes, I do know who you're talking about. Continue. <laughs> but, yeah, um, <clears throat> I mean, there's no elaborate reason why uh, I like him. I mean, I just like him. It's a cool owl Pokemon, and I really like the design of, hey, his wings are quivers. He can just pull the string of his, like, quote-unquote hoodie, make a bow and arrow out of it. Okay. This does this does bring up an interesting question though that I really want to ask you just to see what your thoughts are. Yeah. Who wins in a fight? Like no trainers. Like we're talking like full 1v1 to the death fight. Okay. Decidueye? That's how you said it, right? Decidueye? Yeah. Okay. Decidueye or cuz I do remember seeing it. I kind of know the it's it's thing it's got going on. Yeah. So Decidueye or Greninja? Hmm, that's an interesting question. So, I would follow it with another question. Okay. Would the Greninja have the ability Battle Bond? Because it could turn into Ash Greninja, and if so, I think it will be in Greninja's favor. What if it doesn't? Is is the Sidious taking it then? Well, if we <clears throat> go off of typing alone, it's a really close match because you know. Water's weak to grass, but then Ghost is weak to dark. So, I guess whoever's the fastest one would win, and I believe, I think Greninja will be the faster one. <laughs> Her. <clears throat> All right, and then, uh, so we'll move on to uh, out of that because we're kind of. I was worried about if we were gonna have enough, if if we were gonna have enough topics to cover time. We're already almost at 40 minutes now, so I think we're doing pro- pretty well for ourselves. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> that being said, uh, we're going to move into the last little segment, so I've kind of seen as how this is kind of the first episode. Um, the last topic that I'm going to talk about is something I kind of want to be more of an enlightening kind of thing. Um, that way people will kind of have, <clears throat> you know, a go-home kind of thing, uh, because that's really what I want this podcast to be. Um, I consider myself to be a person who has a pretty diverse friend group now, um, and I'm glad, you know. But it's hard for me to see the world through somebody else's eyes, and I don't think that we really 
get to do that enough or we don't really try to do that enough nowadays. And it's a shame because I feel like if we were to have more empathy and be able to see from other people's experiences, um, the world would just probably be a little bit better of a place. You know, we could all, I feel like, be more united in common goals rather than everyone arguing all the time over who's right and who's wrong. Um, that being said, I am dubbing this, even though I don't have much in my glass, I'm going to go ahead and cheers you. But I am dubbing this part of the uh, podcast, this little segment, something to drink on. So, we'll go ahead and get that one down. And <clears throat> kind of the deep one, we've kind of talked about this before. Um, I oftentimes worry a lot about uh, offending people, um, which I feel like has to do with the way the world is today. Today, uh, everyone is just so worried about saying the wrong thing, getting canceled, stepping on eggshells all the time. Um, that being said, I've asked you a lot. I've been like, hey, man, please know that I, like, I'm not being racist. I'm not being insensitive. Sometimes I just don't know, and I'm... I'm trying to learn, you know, mm-hmm. and I do want to know. Yeah. Um, so that's what I really want these kind of, this like little segment of the podcast to be when I talk with people. Um, things that allow myself and anyone listening to kind of go into someone else's perception. Um, that being said, I know quite a few times you and I have talked about uh, differences regarding race. Um, and, you know, I know we've talked about uh, differences in upbringing too. Um, I just want to kind of, for one, allow you a platform to speak on anything that you want to talk about on that area. Um, but I also do want to ask, cause I feel like one of the things that mainly divides, uh, the United States currently is issues regarding race. Um, whether it be from, uh, you know, police officers or, or movements or, you know, whatever it is, um, there's a lot of division happening in the country because of race that being said i mean from your personal experience have you for one i'm sure i'm venture to say it's probably yes but correct me if i'm wrong um since you come to the united states have you faced discrimination because of race and if you don't mind to share what does that look like hmm Definitely, any uh, questions to drink about? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, funny thing is, growing up, I didn't really know about race. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't, like, taught to think race, you know? Back home, it would surprise a lot of people to know, oh, hey, there's different colored Latinos. Like, people think that's a crazy idea, but no. My mom is probably around your skin tone. And my mom's side is, like, pretty white. But they're still Venezuelan. We don't see them as separate. Um, we just see them as family. Mm-hmm. Same thing in school. Two best buddies. Well, three best buddies. Um, one was of Spaniard descent, so he was pretty white and the other friend was a Portuguese descent which also pretty white and I did have another friend that um, I mean I never wanted to assume what he was I, I didn't never really cared about what he was sure. but 
Maybe I could call him maybe Filipino descent, or maybe he's just Latino. He's, he's got the same color as me, so I don't really care. But yeah, um, we didn't really see race. We didn't see you have it better than you because of this or or that, basically. And I mean, sure, we did set jokes here and there. Like um, I remember growing up, we I've heard a lot of Asian jokes. Mm-hmm. Like, it, and they were as harmless as harmless as can be. Because they weren't um, based on, let's say, um, attributes, stereotypes, or things like that. It was just based off of the language. Because, um, also, I'll show you an example. One, um, I guess one of the jokes was, what do you call an Asian with uh, dirty hair? Makes more, it, more, it makes more sense in Spanish, Spanish, but uh, it would be chin champu, which, if you think about it, and if you know Spanish, it would sound like without shampoo. Yeah. So, just harmless jokes like that. Yeah. But when it came to like facing people, like you know, different cultures, you don't really think about it. You know, it's not like something. You're on the fence about. You're just another person. So here, um, when I first came here, um, I mean, I, I would just take this as ignorance, but in middle school, somebody asked me if I was Mexican. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, over the years, I've been understanding some, uh, enough that I think, well, look at it this way. Alabama is a pretty... Um, Small state, pretty secluded. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of counties, cities that are just small. They don't have enough resources to go around the world. Um, schools are probably not teaching a lot or enough, and it's kind of hard to like take that out on another person just because they just didn't know that yeah. there were more Latin American <coughs> countries than just Mexico. Yeah. So. I don't really see it as racism, racism, but if it was, I I would just laugh it off because I don't have time for that. I have my life to live, so. But the closest thing, well, I guess there were two closest things that involve what Americans view as racism. The closest one would be when I was in my basketball team in high school. I played, um, you know, I practiced in, in the summer. The conditionals, they did all sorts of stuff. And one day, we were um, we were running around this neighborhood. And since there were no sidewalks, we kind of um, took over the street. Um, I didn't hear it directly. But short story is, this car came passing. They were hurried for some reason, and as soon as we pat, as as soon as we moved to the other side of the street, um, they roll down their window, and they say, "N word, N word lovers," to like the white 
players of the basketball team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they talked about it. I We laughed it off, like, okay. Yeah. And we went on about our business. It's not, wasn't really a big deal. And I guess the one that I, that it's like, that has affected me the most, well, quote unquote, was that every time I came to the U.S., I would have to go through customs, which, I mean, it's fair. It's there for a reason. I understand that. But I don't know. It's a pain that, oh, hey, you're in, in America. You're arrived at America, at America. And now all of a sudden, oh, can't go further. Can't go get your luggage yet. Do You have to go through customs. And, oh, shit, here we go again. But, um... I mean, it doesn't happen much now. Well, mainly because I've, I've only traveled in in the U.S. so far, and I'm currently working towards my citizenship. But I don't know. I guess it was just a pet peeve. But I I understand where they were coming from. Heard. Um, <clears throat> I think, and for one, I do uh, do want to personally, you know. Thank you for your patience, because I know, like I said, we've had a lot of conversations where I mean, it's that Alabama education where you know we don't we don't really know about other things. Which I mean, I don't think I may have when we first met. I don't know. I don't know that I've ever called you Mexican. I know that uh, I've asked a lot of questions, um, and I'm still probably going to ask a lot of questions because I do know you to be a very patient man. And I appreciate that. Um, because it does help me, you know, learn and understand. Um, I mean, I appreciate that. It's it's a learning experience. People can use some learning. Yeah. Not, not everyone knows everything. It's, it's good to, you know, broaden your horizons, get to know stuff. Because at the end of the day, um, a baby doesn't know any more than a senior at the end of the day. They could all learn more. Yeah. It could just all go up like intelligence was yeah i remember uh it's actually a way more of a lighthearted jump than it probably should be uh i saw a tiktok video the other day and it was talking about um it may be a comedian i don't know either way uh the dude told because you know like in jobs and stuff you'll have like that one old dude and he's like he doesn't like doing anything new he's got his way his or her way that they like to do things um, and they're stuck on it, and they, you know, they bring in new technology and stuff. They're like, no, you know, why are you gonna change it? You know, all that good stuff. Um, but essentially, it was one of those kind of people, and he was like, and they had this one guy that worked there with them, and never did anything right, you know, um, and uh, like he would constantly mess stuff up, um, uh, constantly, you know, people have to get on him, you know, stuff like that. Uh, but he told the, the comedian uh, had told the old dude he was like oh yeah he's like you know you can always he's like you can always learn something from everybody you know no matter who it is you can always learn something from everybody and the old man you know it's kind of a little grumpy a little pissy and he's like no you know whatever and he's like no you can't for real and he's like well, what can you learn from and then points out the guy that always messes up he's like you can learn what not to do and I thought that was pretty funny but I mean it does stick, you know, regardless of what we're doing. Like you said, from a baby to a senior, you know, we've really got to strive to never stop learning. 
Um, I know, you know, I'm sure you've seen the facts, the uh, statistics about it, about how humans only use a certain percentage of our brain, um, which I think is crazy to think about that. I mean, what if we could use a full 100% of the brain, man? That'd be insane. Um, um, to jump in on that, um, that is actually a misconception. Really? Yeah. I've heard that for so long. So what's the what's the updated info on it then? So um, that phrase was uh, made up around, I believe, the 1930s. I don't remember all the details, but basically, um, I don't remember. I had to do something with some sort of um, nutrition or something like that. It's kind of weird. A lot of people don't really exactly know like the origin. But, yes, it, it is a misconception if you look at peer-reviewed journals and Google or wherever they're posted, if, if they're uh, legitimate, they're all, they're all 100% going to say that is BS. Fair, fair enough. I still think we could, we could at least, you know... Make sure, because I'm not gonna lie. There's some days where I feel like I'm not using all my brain. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I mean, that's fair. Um, but at least you know, to the point, we can never, we can never know too much. Yes. You know, we always need to, like you said, you know, we can always learn something. Um, whether that's perspective through someone else's eyes, or you know, going to school and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. Um, you know what you're doing, what I'm doing, what we're all doing here trying to learn in some form of fashion um and i strongly encourage everyone else to do that because i feel like through learning whether it's education or whether it's learning about you know what it's like to walk in someone else's shoes i feel like learning is truly the way that we will become a united world you know um and we won't so much be worried about uh separation as much as we will unity and that is in my eyes, a world that I would want to live in. Sounds pretty pretty damn nice, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. But um, that being said, I think that we're we're about to hit our time limit. So floor is yours. If you want to say anything to the viewers, you want to throw a, if you want to throw a plug out there, whatever you want to do, if you got anything to say, any deep thought to leave them with, or, you know, Pokemon fact, whatever you want to drop it, now is your time. <laughs> um... Well, it's definitely been a pleasure to be on your first podcast, and um, I'm definitely looking forward to perhaps coming more often Absolutely. to the next one or whichever one. But yeah, it was good. It was good to be here. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in with myself and Luis. Um, it's been a heck of a ride throughout this hour and hoping for many, many more. So... That being said, this has been Thinking and Drinking with Elijah and Luis. So, peace out. Crack one for me. <laughs>